It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. As you can see, he is taking an afternoon drive. Uh, not the typical afternoon drive that we were accustomed to, though, Alan. No, I am just leaving UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side, which is the usual place, mm-hmm. but I'm not headed home. I am headed to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. I'll be down there for five days with Nick Farabaugh, who's meeting me there. He's in Texas at the Shrine Bowl. So we're starting draft prep right now for SteelersNow.com, but I feel like the dominant storylines of the day are going to come out of where I just came from, not where I'm headed, and that's our Rooney's uh, once-a-year sit-down press briefing with some select members of the media, about um, maybe 10 or 12 of us, and uh, lots of stuff to talk about from what Art had to say. There we go. I, I do look forward to all the coverage that is to come from Mobile. However, yeah, we got to take a step back to where you just came from with Art Rooney speaking at the end of the season. Um, you mentioned like right before we started recording, yes, some of it is just reiterating stuff that we had already heard. It's just coming from a different person at this point. Um, but there is some new stuff to talk about here as well. Uh, first and foremost, I uh, just you know feel like we got to get out there that he expressed full confidence in Kenny Pickett and uh, his development and going forward, him being the guy. Um, now, in your mind, is that 100% confidence or is, he, is that just, you know, some word salad he's got to say? It feels like the confidence of a person that's already made their decision. Maybe, I don't know if it's okay. expressing confidence in the outcome of that decision, you know, but I think it's kind of done, right? Like it just seems like they've decided that they're giving Kenny Pickett another shot. And so I think that can be delivered confidently in that regard. Uh, Will it work? I think it would be kind of crazy to have like a high level of confidence in that at this point, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I I don't know how you can see the results right in front of you and have unwavering confidence in it. Um, I get that they kind of need to have a level of confidence for sure, but just assuming that that's plan A, B, and C, I don't know that that would be the process either. I don't think it's going to be, Um, which I guess is another point to bring up, too. There's going to be some competition. You know, Mike Tomlin brought that up again, another thing that Art reiterated. Um. Yeah, but I do think it will be framed as competition. Like, I don't think it's going to be uh, where Kenny needs to win his job again. I think it's going to be someone to come in and push him, whether that's internally, Mason Rudolph, or externally, someone else. Art, you know, again, I feel like the Steelers are kind of saying all the right things when it comes to trying to re-sign Mason Rudolph. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to happen, though. Yeah, well, that was going to be part of what you just said. That was going to be my next question was, are we talking in your mind about a legit quarterback competition or, you know, still pretty much set in stone like Kenny Pickett's QB1? Because like this year, this past year, we had Kenny, a pretty highly priced backup in Mitch Trubisky, and then Mason Rudolph, who had more starts under his belt than pretty much any other QB3 around the league. So are you, in your mind, is this going to be an actual competition or is it kind of like the same deal as this year? I have a hard time seeing it being an actual competition if it's with Mason Rudolph. I mean, I think the Steelers' leadership has already pretty 
strongly expressed their preference for Pickett over Rudolph in that kind of situation. I don't know how you're going to go into another battle with Pickett as the presumptive starter and come up with a different decision this time around. I, I don't see how that works. It's one of the reasons why if I was missing Rudolph, I wouldn't want anything to do with re-signing in Pittsburgh. I just don't – I don't see how that happens. Um, I think if it's a veteran, more experienced quarterback, then maybe it becomes a little bit more realistic to see Kerry Pickett could have a competition and lose the job. I guess that's a real good question, right? Is it really a competition if there's no chance of him losing the job? And do we think that that exists? I don't know. I mean, they can call it a competition, but I don't know why we should believe them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, one thing that not from like a non-football perspective, but I wanted to bring up because I know everything else that we talked about is pretty much going to tie together. Um, but this one really won't. I was, you know, I, I didn't know that we were going to get any talk about the Acrosure Stadium itself, saying that they were interested in keeping it for another 10 to 20 years. Lease obviously expires in 2030. The bidding for the NFL draft stuff, that was all kind of tied together. But did you have any takeaways from that aspect of his availability? Nothing, you know, that I, I, my feeling all along has been that the Steelers are going to ask for, and, you know, the money to do a pretty big renovation to Agashore Stadium somewhere in the, you know, four to $500,000 uh, million dollar range. And uh, we'll see what the county says. But I mean, I, nothing I heard really changed my mind at all about what I think is going to happen there. He said something interesting. He said they had seven or eight more years in the lease at the practice facility. So it seems like that's also – look, that practice facility is tight um, in terms of just square footage. You know, they have lockers in the middle of the locker room during when they're there during training camp because they don't have enough stalls for 90 guys. Um, hmm. the indoor isn't 100 yards. The indoor they have to share with Pitt, so they're scheduling. Uh, it's just – it's yeah. pr- I, it feels like that could be a thing that they could ask for too, or just not ask for, but do. Um, so that's the first time he's talked about that. That kind of uh, perked my ears up a little bit. And then hosting the draft, I think it's something that we've talked about a lot, but I think it's the first time mm-hmm. maybe R. Rooney has said, yeah, we want to do that. We're doing it. And we think there's a good chance that we're going to get it. So get ready. I can barely contain my excitement for the NFL draft. Oh, I love the draft. I'm all about the draft process. Watching the draft happen in person does not sound like a lot of fun to me. Like after your team picks and after the first round, like, like it's my job and I don't want to watch on Sunday, like or on Saturday. Yeah. Like what what what's mm-hmm. the entertainment value of listening to player names that you've never heard of before get called in order? I don't know. It seems uh I don't know how much of a spectator event it is, but always good to get uh, that kind of big event in the city and get some more pub, I guess. Sure. It sure yeah. seems like they're confident in getting it. Yeah, I'm indifferent on it being in Pittsburgh itself. I also love the NFL draft. Two of my favorite days, especially day one and day two. Again, to your point, day three, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. But um, yeah, I'm indifferent on the idea of it being in Pittsburgh, though. I mean, that's whatever to it's me. It's just a main um, TV event. It's just not, you know, it's yeah. like, most of the players aren't there. The teams aren't there. And the only thing that's happening at the draft is someone that's not really involved in the process and speaking at a podium. 
them. And there's 20 or so of the guys there on the first night. I mean, that's, that's really it. After mm-hmm. that, there's really no reason to be there. But I think that's uh, Rooney does believe in that. Also, he believes that an extension with Mike Tomlin is coming this summer, said he still believes in Tomlin's ability to connect with the players, so on, so forth. Again, these are kind of things that we've talked about before, just hearing it reiterated from the guy up top's mouth. Yeah, I mean, nothing really unexpected there. I think we've, we've known for a while that Mike is going to stay. Mike is going to get an extension, and it seems like that's going to happen. Um but one thing that I did think was new in that realm is regarding the offensive coordinator search, where you know yep. we pretty definitively said that this will be Mike Tomlin's decision, which I think is interesting. Also, like one of these places where, uh, okay, sure, like I, I don't know, I, I don't see a lot of reason to believe that either. Hmm. Why and why do you say, just because of knowing how the process has gone before? Well, I know the process has gone before. Also, like, if Mike Tomlin has final say over who he's hiring, what purpose does Art Rooney have to be involved in the process? I mean, oversight is really the only thing that you would be looking to him for, right? I mean, he's not – he admitted, like, I I wouldn't know who to hire anyway. Like, he's not (laughs) that guy. Like, it's not exactly what he said, but it's it's basically what he said. So – I I don't know. I don't know how much I buy that. The Steelers are very good at messaging and and like to try to stay on brand. Mike is the guy who stands up in front of the podium all the time. It is very convenient for him to be the one that makes all decisions because he's the one that always answers for them. If Mike mm-hmm. goes up at the podium all the time and says, I know you have that card, uh, then we got to talk to Art more than once a year. You know, and so I think they're very comfortable with presenting Mike Tomlin as the decision maker all the time, whether that's, and look, I don't really think they also like, I don't think those two guys disagree a lot either. Like, I don't get the sense that there's much tension in their relationship. They talk constantly. So it may not even make a difference, but I, you know, I, I definitely think that Ferd is involved in the, interview process then there's some say that he's getting that is not Mike Tomlin's and what about was Omar Khan's role at all if there is one mentioned within that not specifically no and you know that's probably one where I wouldn't think that Omar would have as big of a voice you know just because it's not really his area of expertise you know contract league awareness that kind of thing yeah but not really in terms of evaluating coaches, not really what his skill set leans towards. Yeah. Um, you know, when talking about the OC stuff as well, you know, a bit noncommittal when asked about the Steelers interviewing or waiting for OC candidates potentially that are coaching in the Super Bowl, um, but did say that Con and Tomlin uh, could interview people during the Senior Bowl this week. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. So, what do we take away from that? Because again, this process, I don't know if it's gone exactly how I expected, but there's really only like three names right now that are in the mix. So are we still waiting for more names in your opinion? Where were those names come from? Like what exactly, where are we at? this? Yeah, I still expect more names. I think I said five to 10 at the outset. And Mm -hmm. I I still think that feels right. What have we had about five now? Two of which I guess 
Kingsbury, I don't know whether you want to count him or not. I was going to say, if you then, consider Kingsbury five. Yeah. Yeah. And then Robinson, obviously, taking the Falcons' job. I also mm-hmm. feel like Arthur Smith, it was, and we haven't talked about this since uh, they interviewed Arthur Smith over the weekend. Arthur Smith was the first name that I feel like came out that I was like, they could hire him right now and stand up at the podium and say, this is our guy. And I, I can see that happening. Until that, I really felt like we were watching them do some due diligence, cast a wide net, make sure they didn't miss something, have some candidates in case their their kind of top guys didn't work out. But I didn't get the sense that they were interviewing the guys that they really, really wanted to hire in that first week. Smith feels different to me than I think all the rest of those guys did. Yeah, I would agree. And, and that's another thing that, that Rooney talked about, you know, the desire to hire an offensive coordinator with experience. We heard Tomlin say that as well. And the first few cor- uh, candidates didn't really match that. Uh, we want somebody that has some experience, somebody that has, let's say, a track record that we can look at and feel comfortable with. And, you know, a lot of people are probably going to point to his time in Atlanta and, you know, how Kyle Pitts was used there, Bijan Robinson's usage there, though he still did have over a thousand total yards uh, last year in Atlanta. Um, and probably say really question his candidacy. Uh, you look at his time having the same role that he would have here for the Steelers, though, in Tennessee as the offensive coordinator, what he was able to get out of that offense with a Ryan Tannehill with, you know, all credit to Ryan Tannehill. It's not like he's some elite talent at the quarterback position either. So, you know, does that maybe is that maybe attractive, like what he was able to juice out of that offense, despite not having an elite quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I asked Art, like, what are you looking for, basically? Are you looking for, do you have a vision and you're trying to find someone who matches that vision? Or are you just listening to what people's visions are and picking the one that you Mm. think you like the best? And he's like, yeah, Yeah. we have an idea of what we want the Steelers offense to look like. And also he said, look, we can't change the personnel that quickly. Like like somebody's going to have to win with the guys we have now. And so when you look at that, I mean, I don't think they're like they're not built to run some up-tempo passing offense, right? I mean, that's just it's, they don't have the quarterback, and yeah. they don't. Their offensive line isn't very good at pass protection, and they're like Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens are really good, but their depth of offensive weapons is kind of questionable in terms of the passing game, and so I, I think there's. Like if we're if we're talking about guys that can succeed with the Steelers right away, like someone like Arthur Smith who has you know, a run first um, scheme, play action, takes it easy on his quarterback, still able to throw the ball deep. AJ Brown had a thousand yards with him two years in a row, and so you know I think there's a lot to like about what he did in Tennessee, and really like it. It's pretty much ideal. What happened in there is in Atlanta is interesting. I wrote a longer story about this on the site on Sunday. I think it has a headline of something like "Why does Arthur Smith make sense for the Steelers' uh, OC job?" And you know things didn't go very well with Atlanta. Obviously, with the team, they went seven and nine in three straight years, or, or seven and ten, uh, or with the offense. Right, the offense that he was supposed to be developing never worked. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like, for whatever reason that him and the front office were on the same page. 
you know, you think about those those Titans teams, they were built from the line out. And, you know, Atlanta's offensive line when he got there was dreadful. It did get better over his time there, but they spent first-round picks on Pitts and Drake London in his first two years instead of, I think, what he would have preferred to do and build from the trenches out. And then, you know, after drafting Tyler Algier, who was a pretty promising young running back, yeah, and we've all seen you don't need to be a first-round pick to have success as a young running back, uh, they went back to draft B. John Robinson. That's three straight top ten picks they drafted with guys that didn't really have the quarterback talent or the offensive line talent or the offensive scheme to use. And I, you can put that on Arthur Smith, but I really think at the same token, I don't really expect that to apply in Pittsburgh. I think we saw what Andy Weidel and Omar Khan had in mind last year, the top free agent signing as a mm-hmm. guard, Isaac Samalu, the first round draft pick as a tackle. They also you know, drafted a blocking tight end. Sure seems like the Steelers want to run the ball. And nobody's done it better than Art Smith recently. Yeah, and, you know, to your point, this isn't something that Rooney said, but this is a thought that you put out there. And you said, if I have one takeaway uh, from the OC search, it's that um, you're convinced that Arthur Smith is heavily the favorite at this point. Now, again, there's not like a ton of candidates that have been linked to them at this point, but it, it sure does out of the names that have been mentioned to them make the most sense, certainly. So um, everything there that you just said kind of brings you to this conclusion. And what other guy would you even throw into this bucket? Like, who would have to be linked to the Steelers for you to feel like Arthur Smith isn't the favorite at this point? I think I've got three names, uh, and I'm not sure how available they are. This is very interesting. So okay. uh, the first is the obvious one sort of that everyone's talking about is Clint Kubiak, the San Francisco 49ers yeah. quarterbacks coach. They can't talk to him until – well, they can do a virtual interview, but they can't meet with him in person until after the Super Bowl at this point. So, and, you know, he has already interviewed with the Saints during the wildcard mm-hmm. week. So there's a team that has a leg up on him that has already done one interview. And will the Steelers want to wait for Kubiak, knowing they may not get him because he's already interviewed with the Saints? Um, that's you know, something they're going to have to figure out. The other one that's similar to that is Eric Bieniemy. You know, the, the commanders don't have a head coach yet. Bieniemy interviewed for the head coaching job. Until they pick a head coach, he can't interview for other positions. And so it's been two weeks since they announced their GM hire. They've done a bunch of interviews. I almost kind of wonder if Washington's strategy here is to wait out all the teams with offensive coordinator hires before they announce their head coaching hire so that the enemy will have nowhere else to go. Like, that's that, – I, I don't know. I, yeah. That's pure speculation, but it feels reasonable. Um, so be enemy. Wow. Nice. So yeah, be enemy, uh, you know, will he be available? Will he not be available? The Steelers won't know. And, uh, I don't know if they're mm-hmm. going to want to wait. You know, are they going to want to potentially lose one of the guys that they have like Arthur Smith or Thomas Brown already interviewed to wait for the enemy? So those two. And then Darren Bevel is very strange to me. He has NFL offensive coordinator experience. It's won a Super Bowl. 
Seattle. Um, he's been with Miami now. They had such an incredible offense last year. He's the quarterback's coach. You would think that he would be a pretty hot commodity. He has not been reported connected to any yeah. of these right. jobs. Now, last year, it was reported they turned down two interview requests. So, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to do it anymore. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't solve that one. Hmm. But I think those would be the three names to me that if they became inter- involved in this process, would sort of change the math about Arthur Smith being considered a favorite right now. So I guess my question for you is, and this is keeping Arthur Smith in the picture here, let's say that he were to be who they brought in as the OC. What's the vision here? And and what I mean by that is not necessarily for the offensive itself, but the staff, because I think you'd be looking at another guy in Arthur Smith who <coughs> you probably want to pair with a guy that can still bring along Kenny Pickett. You still wouldn't have that guy on staff if it's Arthur Smith as the offensive coordinator. So between quarterback coach and, you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to bring the wide receivers coach and stuff into this at this point, but fully expecting Pat Meyer to be back. Is that a good fit? Those two together, Arthur Smith, what he likes to do in the run game along with Pat Meyer. Well, start with quarterbacks coach. If you hire a guy that does not have quarterback experience, I think that then becomes a very important addition to this coaching staff. Got to find a way to get that right. Um, (laughs) You know, and there are options out there for that quarterbacks coach job. It could be, Perhaps someone they've already talked to, but I don't really see, you know, like Jared Johnson is already employed in that kind of role. I Lateral moves are generally not um, okayed by the, by the previous team. And so I don't know about that, but they would need someone who is a real quality coach to be the quarterback's coach or pass game coordinator, whatever you want to call them. I think the interesting thing about Arthur Smith is the idea that um, he could bring in Mike Munchak with him and then Munchak are close um, or just someone else like that that could really bolster this offensive line. I don't think Arthur Smith and Pat Meyer are incompatible, uh, but Meyer has kind of gotten into some stuff over the last two years that sort of are not what um, – I'm not what the Titans were doing, and you know, the Titans are a big zone run scheme. You know, the Steelers had more success with gap power, and so that's not like to me a big deal. But it, it's something you know that, that would be a hurdle to bringing him in. And I think Pat Meyer can coach it either way. I don't think that's a problem, mm-hmm. but. I do think maybe the way the Steelers had some success running the ball down the end of the season is not really the way that Arthur Smith would approach the running game. Uh, that's where I was going to go next. As I was going to say, one thing that I've really appreciated about the Steelers' offense, you know, and this is a, a rare compliment to the Steelers' offense, is how diverse their run game has been. And I'd be worried about potentially losing some of that going to Arthur Smith's offense. You do, but you also gain some other things that the Steelers don't really do. Right, I mean, Arthur Smith runs a lot of play action and deep shot play action. Um, And so I think that's something that I feel like Steelers fans and and people like us talk about the Steelers have been kind of clamoring for for a long time. They've been looking to take that next obvious step from having a good running game to letting it 
help your passing game along. You know, I think Arthur Smith did a really nice job of not making Ryan Tannehill do that much work, but yet also still making A.J. Brown dangerous. You know, right? Like, they, they didn't make Tannehill do that much work, but they didn't turn A.J. Brown into Wes Welker either. Like, they kept mm-hmm. him a big play threat. Now, why didn't it happen in Atlanta? Well, you know, didn't even have Ryan Tannehill-level quarterback play, for one, right? I mean, Mariota, not great. And then they go to Ritter, and then they go to Heineke, then they go back to Ritter, and it was all worked. And so, they get great quarterback play. They also didn't have a very good offensive line. And so, I, I don't think that, even though the Falcons ran the ball a lot, if you remember the prep for that 2022 game, I mean, we talked a lot about the when they're running the ball with Algier and Cordell Patterson and, you know, People were talking about them running the ball, but I, I don't know that they had the line that made people commit extra players to the run in order to stop it. And that's what you really need to do to open things up in the passing game. And so I think it makes it's, – it's not a slam dunk, right? The lack of, of recent success is, is, makes it a question mark. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, we're going to spend a lot more time this week. If not for the recent success either. You know, you got to point that out. Like That's true. a guy who has been calling the plays for an NFL team for the last three years and has been doing a good job of it is still mm-hmm. employed. Like you you can't hire those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we're going to spend a lot more time, I'm sure, talking about this OC search. We'll see how long this prolongs throughout this week. Obviously, the Senior Bowl stuff. But got to get to at least one more thing here that Rooney mentioned because this is obviously going to catch everybody's ears and eyes. Talking about the team's current playoff win drought. Uh, he said, we've had enough of this. It's time to get some wins and take these next steps. There's some urgency here for sure. Now, of course, he was going to be asked about it. But um, did it seem like there was maybe a little bit, like he used the word urgency. Was there certainly more urgency in the way that he said this as opposed to past years? Like, do you feel like he's definitely getting there? And not just him, but the organization as a whole. I just feel like over the last couple of years, there has been a lot of uncertainty about the team at this point in the year. Just like, they didn't know if Ben was coming back. Then they didn't know what they were doing with the cap situation. They were over the cap. Then they needed a quarterback. That you know, I, even if Kenny Pickett isn't great, I think the last four games showed that if these Steelers can get decent quarterback play and could stay healthy on defense, they could be pretty mm-hmm. good. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contenders, but I think there's a big gap between a healthy Steelers defense with average to above average quarterback play and say the Detroit Lions. Like, I don't think that they're too far removed from a team that played on championship game weekend. And so, you know, he talked a lot about there being reasons for optimism. And I just think, you know, everyone knew it was time for a rebuild. Everybody knew that there was going to be some pain on the other side of Ben Roethlisberger's career. And so, while that streak of non, you know, years without a playoff win and things like that, it, it mattered. I don't think they thought over the last couple of years that breaking it right here, right now was particularly feasible. I don't think a lot of people went into the 2022 season thinking, yeah, this is the Steelers year. 
Right. Uh, I, I well, think that's... you might be seeing some change there that says, hey, we, we had our time to rebuild. All right, let's go. Which is pretty wild to think about because I was going to ask you from your point of view, not theirs, because they're obviously always going to try to to get to win a championship. But when you look at what the, they put on the field the last couple of years in terms of the roster, do you feel like they've overachieved? Um, slightly. Yeah. I think not like a lot, but I think they've slightly overachieved the last two years. Yeah. Cause I mean, winning and, nine games and then winning 10 in the, in you know, two years post Ben, you know, using the word rebuild, like sure there's uh, that has to take place, but it's not like the team is falling in terms of, you know, their record in the process. No, not at all. And, you know, man, like if they, if they could just figure out quarterback, I really think they could be really good. I mean, I don't think there's anything stopping them from being really good. There's a lot of negativity in the fan base right now. I understand it. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, look at our rookie class. Look at how good they were and how they feel so good about the rookie class and and I, I why why don't we assume that they're gonna go do it again? Like look at how good that draft mm. was. Start stacking up a couple like that. Yeah. Man, like you're gonna be a good team real fast. Uh and so I think there's Urgency might not be the right word. Like, I don't feel like they're being driven somewhere they're not capable of going. But I think the sense is is that this team is ready to go. Like, the rebuild is is over. The gloves are off, and uh, we're back to trying to win a championship. Yeah, uh, you know, you look at this draft. Uh, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, imagine stacking these draft classes the way that they did last year and, like, throw in them hitting a quarterback on that as well, assuming that Kenny Pickett isn't the guy. Or just, I mean, like, can you imagine what happens if Kenny comes out this year and, like, it's good? And then they put another draft class on top of that? Like, I'm not saying it's likely, but, like, man, if he's just good, I don't say he's got to be great. He's just got to be Jared Goff. And... They're right there with the Ravens and with the the Bills and, and the Bengals and the Chiefs at the top of the AFC and the Dolphins. Like there's they have a they have the ability to be a really good team in, in the near future, not in the distant future. But they've got to nail this hire at offensive coordinator and they've mm-hmm. got to figure out a quarterback. And no matter how much effort you put into it in one offseason, those are difficult jobs. Like it's it's not easy to get those things right. Yeah. Absolutely. I can see the comments now, Alan, with the way that uh, talked about Pickett and really didn't include Mason Rudolph as part of the conversation in terms of being the guy long term. I, I know what the comments are going to look like. So uh, they they have their guys. Have a real, I don't think we can have a realistic conversation about Mason Rudolph being the guy, period, until he's on the team. I'm just I'm very skeptical that he is going to want to yeah, return here. And and I don't think there's a lot of point in discussing it until we get some kind of sign that even though the Steelers are saying the right things that I, I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, man, if I were him, I'd be gone. And, and I think, I think the Steelers probably, even though they're saying the right things would not be too sad about having a less messy quarterback situation than what it would be like if Pickett was starting 
and struggled and Rudolph was the backup. Like that, they, they, they yeah. don't want that. And, you know, give, give, him, give him Jacoby Brissett or Ryan Tannehill. And I think they're just as, if not more happy. Yeah. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. We'll see how this process plays out. Other than in Mobile, Alabama, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. Interstate 79 right now. There we go. Uh, I'll be in Mobile all week. So go there. It's a great town. They invented Mardi Gras. Don't let the woman's gaslight you. And yes. uh, it's a great time. I love it there. And uh, I'm sad I'm not going to yeah. be there. To be honest, I know, right now, I know. it's, it's, hey, it's kind of hitting me real sad tomorrow when I'm out there in the stands at uh, mm-hmm. Hancock Whitney Stadium for this podcast in the 70 degrees and sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awful, awful to do that to you. I'm, I'm really, yeah. sorry. not that I'm a uh, underscore PGH on X. Uh, follow the updates from Mobile. Yeah, we got a little bit off track there that I forgot, you know, didn't even say your handle. Uh, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. I will not be in Mobile, Alabama. I will be right here in my basement for this podcast this week, just like I am, as always. Uh, I will also not be at Veet's uh, in Mobile, which that uh, I'm very sad about that aspect of it, too. Uh, if you know, you know, in terms of that. Uh, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments with any questions that you might have. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, for Alan Saunders and myself, thanks for jumping in and taking another ride with us on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.